I'm grateful to God that I have a friend and a mentor uh, who is no stranger to the Alpha Street Baptist Church, the Reverend Dr. Lee Earl, who will be our preacher on this Sunday morning. If you've been around Alpha Street or Alexandria for just a season or two, you know the name Dr. Lee Earl from the great work he did in building and expanding Shiloh to the great work in which he's done and helping build the kingdom of Christ. He's a friend to this church, but I want to share a very special story. Dr. Earl has known me since I was a teenager because he was closely connected to my father. Um, he'd come in from Michigan and visit my dad and was kind enough to chauffeur my dad around and that meant the world to me. What you may not know, and some people know a brief bit of the story, when the Lord was forming us together as pastor and people back in 2006 and 2007, this church called and the search committee said, Pastor Wesley, we believe the Lord's calling you to Alfred Street. And I turned it down. You all know I said, no, I'm not coming to Alfred Street Baptist Church. I received a phone call from Dr. Earl and with words of wisdom and counsel, he said to me, you need to reconsider that offer. <laughs> um, and I will honestly share with you that one of the ways the Lord directed my steps to this great experience we've had as pastor and people was due to that phone call. Pastor, I don't know if I'd be here if God hadn't used you. I'm grateful to God to present my friend, a mentor in ministry, a man who was good to my dad. And because of that, I'll always be good to you. Alpha Street, would you help me welcome our preacher for this day, the Reverend Dr. Lee Earl who shares with us the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Well, good morning. We are grateful and thankful to God for this rainy day. Amen. Thank God for the rain. Amen. My yard is looking like a hayfield. Amen. I'm from Michigan. This time of year, the leaves are supposed to be all red and yellow and stuff. And so I'm, I'm thankful for the rain. Thank God for my friend. Pastor Wesley, I've known this family for some years, and uh, I'm grateful to God when Sister Fanny, who's gone on to be with the Lord now, she called me, she said, uh, do you know that uh, young Wesley, <laughs> that's what we call it is thinking about turning that church down. I said, not after I get through talking to him. <laughs> I 
I'm not going to talk in South Side Chicago tongues. I'm going to talk in Detroit tongues. <laughs> but I have always, since my time arriving here, uh, I've always admired this church, admired uh, uh, the late Dr. J.O. Peterson, and I just knew that this would be uh, a union that would make a difference on planet Earth. Amen. I'm... Now, he might not know it, but I'm still on Team Wesley. I'm on my way to a meeting behind his back in Tallahassee uh, with R.B. Holmes to strategize on how we can get him to do even more for our people. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's behind his back. He don't know about it. <laughs> and don't y'all tell him. <laughs> Amen. But I'm just so grateful uh, for uh, this relationship. Let us pray. O oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a passage of scripture uh, penned by a Syrian brother by the name of Luke. And it's not often preached as I'm going to present it this morning because it presents the problem of why bad things happen to good people. Uh, you were and are not the only one confronted with that question. Jesus was as well. And here in the 13th chapter of Luke's writing, beginning at verse number 1, the enemies of Jesus confront him at church. You're not the only one. <laughs> Never mind. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifice. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, 
notice Brother Jesus. He didn't say, except they repent. Yeah, yeah, except ye repent. Ye shall likewise perish. Then he brings it to their neighborhood. Or those 18 upon whom the tower in Shalom fell and slew them. Think ye they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, uh, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. I want to talk to you this morning with the time that is mine from the thought time to get it right. Time. Not its time, but time. Time to get it right. I want to propose to you this morning that many religious folk and many church folk are guilty of misinterpreting the grace of God. They misinterpreted, they misunderstand it, they commercialize it. They don't consider that a dimension of grace is forbearance. For some special favor, some people think that because of the color of their skin, because of the gender of their body. Some people think that because they are affiliated with certain political organizations or other organizations, that some way and somehow that God's grace is on them more than on somebody that might not be affiliated with their particular organization. We have allowed our egotism and our egotistical proclivities to mess us up. And we think and walk around strutting as if God's grace upon us has something to do with us. Yeah, somebody done blew your mind. 
and you think that God has bought into your understanding of you. You need to check with God and ask God, what do you think of me? So God can tell you the same thing I think of everybody. All have sinned and come short of the grace of God. What I think of everybody, I sent the rain this morning on the just as well as you ain't no. Y'all don't remember New Jack City, do you? Yeah. Y'all remember that line that Clarence Williams delivered? You ain't no better than me. And some of us have allowed the fact that we are a little more successful from a material perspective or some other worldly criteria. We have transferred that to God and especially Especially in this prosperity gospel age that we think that because we eat at Ruth Chris and somebody else eat at Burger King that some way and somehow God loves us more that God is more pleased with us. And it really has to do with our lack of IQ. And you know when folk are dumb, they act like... But that... I just ain't got on your street yet. <laughs> now, if you happen to be on the other side of this materialistic stuff, and maybe you don't have what other folk have, and maybe you can't drive what other folk drive. If you are not careful, you will internalize your lack and develop low self-esteem. You will even begin to buy into the lie and think that some way and somehow God doesn't love you as much as he loves them. I might be poor, but I ain't stupid. Now, y'all may not think I'm talking about the text, but that's exactly what happens in the text. This little ghetto boy named Jesus from a side of town where they claim can't no good thing come from. This little out of wedlock boy whose daddy had a mind to beat his mama up. 
I know y'all got uh, Michelangelo's Jesus, but I'm talking about Jesus from the hood. I ain't talking about that little pink fella. I'm talking about this brother that hung out with other brothers, drank a little wine, did a little fishing, did a little cussing, did a little beating folks up. I'm talking about a brother from the hood named Jesus. And if I had not met this one, I wouldn't come to church. Yeah, I thank God for Howard Thurman and Sam Proctor and them fellas, because I had to meet this Jesus else I was going to quit. And Jesus showed up at the, and they thought they'd play mind games with him. They thought they would try to, 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 to exaggerate, exacerbate his lack of theological training because some folks think that the building determines your relationship and understanding with God. And since he came from the hood, you can't know a lot about God with your background. So here's what the church big shots tried to do to this little ghetto boy that morning. They said, son, do you think uh, 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 that that God, like your people, like he like my people. Say, because if God like your people, those Galileans, if your church is as good as our church, then explain to us, son, why would God allow Pilate's policemen? Because Pilate didn't do it himself. He's too big a coward to do it himself. Coward, he, uh, uh, Pilate sent his little deputies that morning. Sent his little Dylan Roofs. Down to the church to the synagogue, <laughs> talk in cold until his little idiots got their little weapons and went and shot folk that hadn't done, went to the church and killed Galileans. And these uppity Jews down at Jerusalem, 
caught this little ghetto boy from Galilee and tried to play on his low self-esteem as if God liked some folk better than other folk and wanted to know if God is as pleased with your church as he is with our church then why did he let them folk go in your church and shoot your church up it's right here at the offering time and took your offering and desecrated your temple, how can God be on your side? How can God love you and you live in the tenement slums cold and numb? How can God love you and you go to inferior? How can God love you in raggedy? How can God love you when life on your side of town is all jacked up and life on our side of town is a, but they mess with the wrong kid that morning. You mess with somebody whose understanding did not come from their closet. Their self-understanding didn't come from a commercial on the television. Their self-understanding didn't come from the mall. Their self-understanding didn't come from a new pair of tennis shoes. Their self-understanding came from a mama who had contemplated God in her heart and knew God for herself. And Jesus, as cool as a cucumber, said, well, since we're asking each other questions, <laughs> since this is question and answer, you set the tone, you, you name the game, let's play. Never try to play a player, honey. Don't play with a player. <laughs> Jesus, let me ask you a question. Do you think, watch him now, do you think that the ones that got killed in Galilee, do you think they were worse than the ones that didn't get killed? Well, to those Jews, all of them should have got killed. Then Jesus says, well, you know, except you repent. He didn't say that some of them should have repented. He said, except you repent. Same thing going to happen to you. Same thing could happen to you. The fact that it didn't happen to you does not mean that you are better. Come on, somebody. Than the ones that it happened to. Then he comes all the way down to their neighborhood. Because, see, 
Just because I had a crack problem don't mean you ain't got a, what's it called, an opiate problem now. Yeah, when the same problem got to your neighborhood, you just renamed it. But as Clarence Williams said, you ain't no better. Your children ain't no better. Then Jesus said, now come, let's go on over to your church. <laughs> Didn't the tower fall on your people? <laughs> and do you think that the people that the tower fell on, do you think you any better than them? I know you think you're better than folk in the other neighborhood, but you got the nerve to think you better than some folk in your own neighborhood. It's right here in the text. You better look at it. I don't know what Jesus you got, but I love this fella that I Because he don't mind getting you straight for real. Don't play with him. Don't, don't mess with him. Because he ain't scared of you. <laughs> and he ain't going to go along with your mess to get along with you either. And Jesus said, what you need to do and my brothers and my sisters, this is what we need to recognize. That there are folk, now this is what my grandmama used to say down in the Mississippi Delta. She used to tell God, God, there are those that have gone on that were better than me by accident than I am on purpose. And yet, you left me here and took them. Grandmama didn't have no misgiving. Grandmama knew that she was not here because she was better. She was here because God's grace and God's mercy had allowed her to stay. Not because she was better, but because she needed a little more time. I need a little more time to work this thing out. I need another day to get it right. A few years ago, and this is a testimony, and I don't talk about myself much. I tell our preachers, don't talk too much about yourself. But a few years ago, I ran into some problems. Started off as stupid problems working when I should have been resting, going when I should have been staying, 
running when they should have been walking, talking when they should have been listening. That'll make you sick. And I got sick and had a whole lot of problems. Some of y'all heard about it. Folk will turn on you and count you out. And we had to file bankruptcy. And then we couldn't make the mortgage. And we were living out there with more bedrooms than we could sleep in and all that kind of stuff anyway. And got the foreclosure notice. And I called my attorney, one of your deacons. And he said, well, you know the man that owned the bank. Y'all don't hear me. There's a bank in this town that's owned by a family. Not the shareholders. They own the bank. And he said, go down there and talk to him. I'm almost finished. And so I went to the bank to talk to the man that owned the bank. And he said, Reverend, uh, he said, I got to foreclose on you because if I don't foreclose on you and I foreclose on others, I could get sued. Say, but you are my friend. Say, I know you. I know your character. I heard what happened to you. Said, and I don't want to foreclose but I can't forgive. He said, but I have another option. Oh, y'all don't hear me. There's another option to this thing. He said, I can give you a forbearance. Can I tell somebody here this morning, don't confuse your forbearance with forgiveness. Forbearance is just time to get it right. Forbearance don't mean that you won't get the result. Forbearance don't mean your tree won't get cut down. Forbearance don't mean that he won't throw you in the fire. Forbearance is not forgiveness. It just hold up, give them some time to get it right. Somebody stepped in and the only reason why you ain't dead, the only reason why they didn't shoot you in your bedroom. The only reason why you ain't dead while driving black. The only reason you didn't die in the twin top. The only reason. Is one Friday. I don't know if you've been forgiven, but you got a forbearance. One Friday. Somebody said, hold it. Give them some more time. 
and God's responsibility. You might have a little dung around your tree from time to time. <laughs> but that's part of the forbearance process. Folk might laugh at you sometimes, but that's part of the forbearance. I might not be forgiven, but God has held up the consequences. God has made trouble stand back. God has given me a little more time, a little more time to praise it, a little more time to shout, a little more time to preach, a little more time to holler, a little more time. Oh, I got another day. Now, I don't know what the tree did. That ain't the point of the story. The point of the story is that there's something about God's grace. I don't want it to leave me now. Something about the grace of God. Oh, grace. 